Life is difficult. Life is hard. But you already know that, don't you? And it's that way for all of us, and, and I'm not being pessimistic. It's, it's called reality. If you're like me and a lot of us, and I, and I think you are, you would agree that over time, life has a way of wearing on you, even wearing you down. It's a challenge to be healthy, to be honest. Even, even mentally healthy. I mean, just it's hard to be and stay healthy in the world in which we live. Physically, much less mentally. And, and life throws a lot at you. And, if you. and if you're like me and the rest of us, and I, I think you are, we, we all have to cope. I mean, it's just true, which means we all need hope. I have to find a way to cope. You have to find a way to cope. We, we all have to find a way to cope with the realities of our lives. And that puts us in a perpetual place of needing hope along the way. That's why we're doing the series. This series is a series about mental healthiness for you, your loved ones, and I need to let you know right up front, this is a big topic, and there's no way we can cover everything in the time that we have together. And, and I'm not going to be able to solve anything, and I can't fix anything, and I can't make it go away. But what I can do, and what we can do, and what our commitment to do for you is to come alongside of you and journey with you into a greater level of mental healthiness, because it is a journey and it is our desire to come alongside of you and encourage you on your journey. And up front, what I want to do is make a couple of statements and unpack it. It'll take a few minutes up front to address some stigmas that are so prevalent in Christian culture and church culture. This is so important to make sure that we're all on the same playing field here to understand that everybody has a seat at the table for this conversation. And I'll begin by making this very clear, I hope, is that mental health is something that touches all of us, every single one of us. It just simply does. You might be thinking, well, not me. I'm not even sure why I'm here now that I know this. I probably won't come back next week because, you know, I'm good. I'm good, man. I, I'm good. God loves me. I love God, and we're all good. Everything. Okay, great. I'm so glad you're here and all your denial self. No, mental healthiness touches everybody. If you have a mind at all, which all of you do, this is something that should concern you. Whether or not you've ever been diagnosed with some kind of mental health challenge or illness. Eventually, every single one of us will find ourselves somewhere on the spectrum between general discouragement, had a bad day, and a more clinical, serious issue and challenge with mental health. Somewhere on that spectrum. In fact, I would say most of you, if not all of us, are somewhere on that spectrum with something in our lives, even right now. And what's more, one in five adults, that's 20% of all adults, have been diagnosed with a mental health challenge. 
The stats are even higher among teenagers, teenagers between the ages of 13 and 18. I mean, it's reached an epidemic proportion. And it's true for Christians too. Just because you believe in God and you trust Jesus and you follow Jesus and you pray and you read your Bible and you do all the things that are so awesome and incredible and important does not mean that you won't struggle with mental health challenges. Because we are all broken and we are all in need. In fact, although it is not very popular to say this in our culture that tells us constantly, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. I mean, there's some, there's some good things to that, but regardless of that, in spite of that, the truth is all of us are broken. All of us are in need. Every single one of us have some type of challenge when it comes to being mentally healthy. In fact, a healthy view of self, we want to talk about view of self, a healthy view of self requires that you admit your brokenness. And for the person that doesn't admit they're broken, they have a very unhealthy view, an unrealistic view of self. Mental health touches everybody. You need to start paying attention right now if you haven't already done so. Start paying attention to your family history. You need to look at your parents, your grandparents, and the people in your family and how they have coped with life because how they cope with life is probably connected to how you cope with life. Because not only do we learn things, learned behavior, you are connected genetically, like it or not, to those crazy people. Right? Yeah. So pay attention. Notice it. Begin to identify unhealthy patterns of behavior. Maybe it'll help you begin to identify in your own life. Because every single one of us have to deal with this. It means none of us are alone when we deal with it. I'm a pastor. As, as a profession, right? I've got the, you know, the, the God phone, the bat phone thing, you know, people think I have, and I don't really have, I don't, I don't have that, right? That's when people ask me to pray for good weather. <laughs> what? <laughs> me. You want me? You think my prayers are going to, you know, what? I'm getting married, and I don't want it to rain. But what about the farmer who needs rain? Anyway, I, sorry, that was a tangent. I, um, I don't have the special line. I don't have a line any more than, than you do. And as I've faced issues in my own life, I too have had a journey with mental healthiness and, and challenges with being mentally healthy. There have been times in my life that I have needed counseling. There have been times in my life when I've needed therapy. There have been times in my life where I needed to address what I was experiencing medically with medicine. Yep. And so you're not alone. In fact, this is why I love, this is what I love so much about what Peter said in the first century as he was writing to Christians in the first century, going through so much stuff. I mean, I mean you're talking about a melting pot of mess they were in and very much for different reasons, but very much like our world today is so challenging, so difficult. I love what Peter wrote. He said, finally, all of you, all of you, all of you, it leaves out none of you, all of us. We need to be like-minded. Get on the same page. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate. 
Be humble. All of us need to do this to all of us. Why? Because all of us have all kinds of issues, which means mental health will touch us all. Secondly, to address the stigma that is so prevalent in Christian culture, even in churches, it's not about a lack of faith or a presence of sin if you're struggling with mental health challenges. It's not a lack of faith. It's not because you've screwed up some way and no, 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 no. This is why there's so much shame around this in the church and so much shame around this in Christianity and it's wrong. It shouldn't be that way. Maybe this is what you assume that you're struggling because you don't have enough faith and you don't love God enough and you don't follow Jesus enough or you've messed up and now God is punishing you somehow. Maybe that's what you assume. Maybe that's what you've been taught. Oh, if I could unteach that to you, because that's not the truth. You are not less of a Christian because you struggle with mental health challenges. You are not less of a human. God is not punishing you. It is not as simple or easy to say, well, you just need to pray more. You're not praying enough. Well, prayer is important. Prayer is a part of it. Prayer is not a magic some kind of magic word to say, okay, well, if I just prayed more, then this would go away. And it's not about you just trusting God more. Here's the deal. You should trust God more. All of us should trust God more. There's not a time in our lives when we would all not benefit for a greater level of trust in God. But just because you're struggling does not mean you're not trusting God enough and you're not praying Enough. As we're getting ready to see all throughout history, all throughout the Bible, the people that we hold up as heroes of faith, heroes, that we look at them and say, look at them, look at them. Boy, they love God. Man, they follow Jesus. Look at them, look at them. There are so many of them. And it might surprise you. Struggle with being mentally healthy as they face stuff in their own lives. I mean, let me just start with the oldest book in the Bible. What many scholars believe is the book that was written before any of the other books in the Old Testament in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, it's the book of Job. And it does, it's not listed first because the, the book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. It's the book of, you know, how creation got started and all that kind of stuff. But the book of Job predates all the other books many scholars believe in. You know, what, you know what the book of Job is about? It's about a guy by the name, surprise, surprise, Job. And, and Job was going through a major crisis in his life. I mean, he was going through stuff that would make your day and my day and my life and your life just pale in comparison. Not that we're comparing, but I'm just saying, this guy had been through some stuff and he went through some very, very dark times and he struggled to be mentally healthy. In fact, I want to read to you an excerpt of something that Job said in just in the thick of what he was going through, and I bet you'll be able to identify with it. This is beautiful. This is from um, the Tanakh. The Tanakh. It's the Hebrew scriptures translated into English by a group of Jewish rabbis, the Jewish Bible. And I love saying the Tanakh. And I'm sorry if you're on the front row, you're going to feel that. <laughs> Tanakh. Listen to this. So now my life runs out. Days of misery, not moments, not hours, days of misery have taken hold of me. And by night, my bones feel gnawed. 
I mean, that's just not, oh, my, my team lost. I mean, that's some deep stuff. That's some dark stuff. Look at this next part. With great effort, I change clothing. So he's, he's not sleeping well, and he doesn't want to get out of bed and put on his clothes and do his day. He's just lack of motivation. The neck of my tunic fits my waist. He's losing weight. He's not in a good place. And, and spiritually, look at this. I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer me. I wait, I wait, but you do not consider me. This is what Job felt. This is what he was going through. This is the place where he was. Maybe that's where you are now. You're like, I know what that's like. I'm living in that reality. You're not alone. Here's another example. King David. King David is a guy that loved God so much in the scriptures. He was called a man after God's own heart. How would you like that to be a part of your resume? I mean, he was so close to God, he was a man after God's own heart. Now, we're talking about the David, the King David, that when he was young, David, you know, Goliath goes down because of David. Oh, David, that David. David went through many times of his life when he was just overwhelmed. And sometimes when not only he was overwhelmed, he felt overlooked, and he was just over it. Maybe that's where you are. Overwhelmed, you feel like you're overlooked, and you're just over it. And we read words like this. David said, have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. What? This is King David. Slay Goliath years earlier. King David. Oh, there's so much strength. You're a king. And you're a man after God's own heart. So he said, oh, I'm weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. And he wasn't talking about his blood pumping muscle. He said to the depths of me, I'm sick. He goes on to say, how long? Maybe that's what you're wondering. Maybe you're in such a dark place. How long? How long? you store me I'm worn out from sobbing all, all night my bed flooded flood my bed with weeping drenching it with my tears sound familiar King David's son Solomon who also was king remember we talked about the family history and pay attention to genetics and learn behavior King Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus Christ himself. So he was a very wise man, a very wise king, but he was also very depressed. Look what King Solomon wrote. Everything is meaningless. Completely meaningless. He's not the guy you want to invite to the party. Right? I mean, did, 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 I mean, did you talk about Debbie Downer? He was Debbie Downer before Debbie. Everything is meaningless. Everything. Everything. Completely. I mean, this is a king of Israel. The leader of the people of God. King Solomon. He said everything. Nothing. Nothing has meaning. It's all a sham. I'm done. It's a pretty dark place, isn't it? All right, let me show you one more. 
Jeremiah was a prophet in the Old Testament. Jeremiah actually has a nickname, and, and, and a nickname may not be the right word for it. It's just how he was referred to, kind of this cliche. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. How would you like that on your resume? Not because he was, you know, he sat all the time and he, he was like an Eeyore kind of personality. No, 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 no. He, he, he was so broken and smitten with the problems that his people were facing. He internalized it so deeply and owned it so personally. He was called the weeping prophet. And this was not like, oh, he's just so sad. Bless his heart. He loves them so much. No, this guy was, was I mean, he was rich to the core of who he was. He wrote a whole book on it. It's called Lamentations. It's not a very long book. It's kind of a short book, but a book that the whole thing is just about him lamenting. Here's one part of it. He said, my eyes fail from weeping, and I am in torment within. Torment. He said, my eyes fail. Some scholars say that was his way of saying that I'm at a point now where I can't even see. I I can't even see because I've cried so much. Or, Or other scholars say that was his way of saying, I've cried so much, no more tears will come. My eyes are failing me. You been there? I've heard people say that. I've cried so much, I'm out. I'm out of tears. I can't cry anymore. You're not alone. I'm telling you, mental health touches every single one of us, and it's not about a lack of faith, and it's not about some presence of sin, because some of the greatest giants of the faith walked this road, this journey towards mental healthiness. And at the beginning of this series, and we're going to talk about a lot of things in the next three weeks, I want you to understand that the mental health journey is not just mental, but also spiritual. It is physical and at times medical. It's not just mental. We're going to talk about the spiritual side. We're even going to talk about in the next three weeks the physical side. And we're going to address the medical side as well. Because that is, that is the reality. If you're going to be mentally healthy, it's going to take a holistic approach. All sides of this, mentally, spiritually, physically, medically. I mean, it's going to take all of it because there's just no easy answers to what it means to be mentally healthy. And there are, it's not quick and it's not easy and there are no simple formulas. Just do this, do this, do this, do this. Take two of these and call me in the morning. You kind of, kind of thing. Or just pray this prayer or you know, start going to this and all that. And no, all of that's important and all of that's a part of it, but all of it is a part of it. And sometimes, get this, we look for answers, we want explanations, and all of us do. I do too, but maybe you need to just sit with this for a minute. Sometimes... You're in such a dark place and you have no answers and you have no explanations. All you have is, I don't know why. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know why. I don't understand. I don't know why. I don't understand. And if that's where you are, that's an okay place to be because sometimes that's all you got. And and in the midst of people that give you their well-intended but trite answers, oh, well, you just need to pray more. Oh, well, you just need to trust God. Oh, well, you just need to, uh, you know, rub this oil behind your ears or whatever, you know. I get it. 
sometimes you're still left with, I don't get it. I don't know why. But it's something that you have got to approach holistically. As Christians and in churches, we get the spiritual side of this mental health journey. We get that. That's where we want to start. That's where we want to go. And that's, unfortunately, where we want to stay. But um, it, it's not just spiritual. It's also physical and medical. And we struggle with the physical and the medical part of it in the Christian world. We struggle with the physical and the medical part of it uh, because we, we kind of have a, a general distrust to, to uh, psychology and a general distrust to medical science. And here's why. We are people of faith. We are people of faith and we believe God can heal and God can do anything. And that is right. He can heal and he often does. And, and he can do anything whatsoever. We do believe that. That is absolutely true, but it doesn't mean that you don't address it physically and you don't address it medically. I hear people say this all the time and are in versions of this. And, and I get it. And sometimes they, it's a statement and sometimes it's a question. They say, well, Jesus is enough. And then they turn it into a question. They go, well, Jesus is enough, right? Well, shouldn't Jesus be enough? I mean, I, I'm depressed or I'm dealing with anxiety or I'm just in a really bad place, but, but what's wrong with me? Jesus is enough. Shouldn't Jesus be enough? Isn't Jesus enough? Listen very carefully. Jesus is enough in more ways than you can possibly imagine. Jesus is enough in more ways than we can possibly discover. Jesus is enough as the true representation of who the one and only God is. Jesus is enough as an all-sufficient Savior. Jesus is enough as someone to worship and give and live my life to and for. But that's a very misleading statement when it comes to the mental health journey to say that Jesus is enough. So what's your problem? Don't you believe that Jesus is enough? It can be misleading because what happens is it will often make us neglect the help that we need from a physical standpoint, from a medical standpoint, which can prove dangerous. Sometimes we confuse the sufficiency of Christ with our human frailty and need because Jesus is all sufficient, Jesus is enough, and at the same time, we are humanly frail and we are in need. So let me just say this, this way. Jesus is enough, but he's not all you need. Now, some of you are thinking, well, it's been nice to attend this guy's last sermon. <laughs> yeah, I was there when it all fell apart. You mean Jesus is enough? He's not all you need. For some of you, and all of us should be concerned with mental healthiness because we all have a mind, okay? But for some of you that you've never, you've never really been there, you've kind of danced on the edges and lived on the periphery of mental healthiness, that may sound like heresy to you. But for every single one of you that's been in the darkness and you've been in the depths and you've been there, you read that, you see that, and you go, I believe that. I'm living that. I feel that way, and I've never been able to put it into words. And I feel so much shame because of that. The why can't just Jesus is not, Jesus is enough, Jesus is enough. Yes, but he's not all you need. Hey, listen, when you're hungry, like some of you are right now, when you're hungry, Jesus is enough, but he's not all you need. You need some food. You want me to shut up so you can get to lunch, right? 
Hey, when you're tired, Jesus is enough, but he's not all you need. By God's design, our bodies need sleep. Jesus is enough. But when you're sick, he's not all you need. Jesus himself said people who are sick need a physician. Oh, yeah. Jesus is enough. But he uses these things to help us pursue a greater level of mental healthiness. Physical things, spiritual things, even medical things. And I'm telling you what, Jesus does miracles all the time through medical science. I think medical science is miraculous in and of itself. But you just think about it. You got a splitting headache, boom, 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 boom. I mean, right? And, and, and you take a little white pill that you can buy over the counter and you swallow that and then the pain goes away. My friends, that's what you call a miracle. I don't understand it. You don't understand it. It's amazing. It's, a, it's incredible what God, you know, what, it's amazing that God has gifted people to be able to help our bodies and stuff like that. I mean, if you're struggling with your mental health journey, it often requires medical attention. And so here's the deal. I know, I know you believe Jesus is enough, but if you have diabetes, you better take your meds. I, I know you believe that Jesus is enough, but if you have high blood pressure, you better take your meds. I, I know you believe that Jesus is enough, but if you have bad cholesterol and you've done everything you can to lower it on yourself, then you, you, you better take your meds. And, and if you are dealing with the depths of mental illness, trying to find mental healthiness, I know you believe Jesus is enough, and he is in so many ways that you have yet to discover but you may need to address this medically as well because he uses these things. And there's no shame in that. This would be an appropriate time for me to let you know that we have resources available for you and coming alongside of you in your journey to mental healthiness. You can ex access these resources by scanning the QR code on the seat back pocket in front of you and going to the latest it's there. It's on our website. It's on our app. We've put it in multiple places because we want to help you get the help you need because we're all on this journey together. In 1991, there was um, a character introduced on SNL during the, uh, what I believe were the glory days of SNL. I was in college, you know, in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s to mid 90s. I'm just like, I never missed an episode. It was just like how I got through my college education, really. With my sense of humor anyway, I'm just like, that's funny. But they introduced a character, uh, Al Franken introduced a character on SNL by the name of Stuart Smalley. And he had this bit called, Daily affirmations. Some of you are remembering, right? Because you, you were right there with me. And he would do this thing where he would, um, he would talk about difficulties in life and try to encourage people. And sometimes he would have people on to the show. Like one time he had Michael Jordan on the show, which is huge because I'm a big Jordan fan, a big Tariels fan, me and Jesus. And so <laughs> it is just, it was like, oh, this is so funny. This is so great. Because Stuart Smalley, would look into the mirror, the long mirror, and he would say this thing, right? And if you remember it, feel free to say it with me. He would say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. What an affirmation, right? But I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough, and doggone it, 
people like me. Now, here's what's interesting about that. We laugh about it and all that kind of stuff, but they really are on to something there because, as, and it's probably familiar with, to most of you, especially if you've ever been in any type of counseling or therapy, and you don't even have to have been you know, down those roads to at least know this. A big part of mental healthiness is what we tell ourselves. A big part of the mental health journey is the information we feed ourselves and what we believe from what we tell ourselves. And so they're onto something here. This daily affirmations of good enough and I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me. So what I thought I would do is give you my version of a daily affirmation. A foundational tool, kind of like a rubric of sort to know, to believe, to accept on your journey towards mental healthiness. Something you can come back to time and time and time again. Something that will guide you and us in this series. This, this affirmation is something true about God. And as a result, something true about you. And it begins like this. God made me. God loves me. And God is with me. God made me. God loves me. God is with me. Listen, this is true for every single one of us. And this is true for all of us all the time. But if you are struggling on your journey towards mental healthiness, you need to remember this and come back to this. God loves me. God made me. God loves me. God is with me. God made me. God loves me. God is with me. God, God made me in his image. That's pretty awesome. God loves me unconditionally, without condition. You can't screw up enough. You can't mess up enough to change that. And God is with you always. Do you know what this means? This means God is aware of what you're going through. And he's not surprised. And he's not ashamed. So don't feel shame. Let go of the shame. Because God is not ashamed of you. In fact, David said this, get this, King David, who had his own challenges with mental health, he said, he knows, he knows I'm weak. He's not surprised. He knows, he remembers that we're only made of dust. God made Adam and Eve out of the dust of the ground. And I don't know if you have noticed, dust ain't all that impressive. I mean, that's where we started. That's where we're going back from dust to dust. David said, he knows, he knows, he knows my issues. He knows he's not surprised. He's not surprised. He sees me where I am. I'm seen. So let's finish it. You might want to take a picture of this. In fact, I encourage you to take a picture of this. God made me. God loves me. God is with me, which means I have purpose. I have hope. I am not alone. Over and over and over again, God made me. And because God made me, I have purpose. Because there's so much intentionality behind what God has done and putting me and you here on this planet during this time, in this family, in this life. God made me so I have purpose and God loves me 
which means I have hope, loves me unconditionally. God is with me, which means I am not alone. Even when I don't feel like God is with me, I am not alone. Even though I may feel lonely, I am not alone because God is with me. Affirm this over your life. Speak this over your life. Declare this over your life because it's true about God and it's true about you. And on our journey towards mental healthiness, this is what will carry all of us through. And as over the next three weeks, we dive into some pretty dark and icky and sticky stuff together and journey through it together, this is what will carry us along the way. Let's pray. Her Father, thank you for the truth. The truth that you made us in your image. You love us unconditionally. And you are always with us. It means I have purpose. We have purpose. My friends here have purpose. And we have hope. Sometimes hope that we feel like we're hanging on to by the smallest, tiniest thread with every amount of strength we have grasping. But it's there because you love us. And you're with us. So no matter how isolated we feel, no matter how detached we become or how lonely we are not alone. Father, many great men and women of faith that have come before us have walked this same road. We walk it still. It is what it means to be human. And so, Father, we come to you. May we receive your love. May we receive hope. May we keep looking to you. Give us wisdom and guide us as we address our mental health journey spiritually and physically and even medically. Give us wisdom and strength along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.